This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And I'm pleased to say I'm joined for the first time this week by Matt Addison. Matt, how are you? Very good, thanks mate, yeah. Looking forward to, to getting stuck into this week again. Some, some decent stories coming out even though there's no football going on. There certainly is, and we'll start with a serious story if, if we can. Uh, it's coming up to six weeks since Liverpool's last match, which came against Atletico Madrid at Anfield in the Champions League. Now, back then, probably me and you were talking about it in the office, mate, at this time, that there were serious concerns on Merseyside whether the game should have been played, certainly in front of supporters, given the grip of the coronavirus crisis in Spain and, and given what we all feared was to follow in this country. And it, it was a concern raised by the Liverpool Echo's political editor, Liam Thorpe, but last night's Downing Street press conference, which you've probably seen on the on the TV by now, but the full story is up on the Liverpool Echo's website and it is a story that has been picked up by news outlets around the world, really. But Matt, if you can just give a bit of an overview of the response to Liam's question. Yeah, um, it's a really interesting story, isn't it? And it comes off the back of, over the weekend, the mayor of Madrid admitting that it was a mistake to allow the 3,000 supporters to, to fly over from Spain at the, the time. And, and as you say, we in the office ourselves, and I'm sure many other people, questioned that decision at the time. And certainly six weeks on, it, it seems incredibly strange that, that they were allowed to come over to Liverpool. And, you know, Liam's question basically outlined the, the fact that these fans were allowed to come over. There's been 250 or so deaths in Liverpool hospitals because of coronavirus. And Liam put forward the, the suggestion that, you know, those two things possibly could be linked. Um, Professor Angela McLean, who was uh, doing the, the press briefing last night, said it was uh, an interesting hypothesis, those were her words, that on the, the fact that those two events could be linked. So, yeah, government far from, from ruling out that possibility, which, you know, it's it sort of, yeah, the, the, the reaction has not been great. It, it wasn't um, a particularly, you know, strong response um, from the professor. And, you know, it, it does underline the, the concerns that the people had at the time and suggests that, that they may have been valid and, and that a huge mistake, which ultimately has has probably cost lives, has been made. I mean, the government do keep reiterating virtually every day that they followed scientific advice. They've done, in their words, the right thing at the right time. But, you know, we've we've seen the the Sunday Times report over the weekend. We've seen, you know, the the number of deaths in Germany is, is far fewer than in England, where, you know, they've got a much larger population but they've dealt with it in in very different ways and you know Liam's question from last night is just the the latest piece of evidence if you like to uh to suggest that rather than the right thing at the right time the the government's way of of dealing with this at times has been perhaps quite the opposite have to agree with you there it's 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 crazy to think that a couple of days later, the, the Premier League schedule for that weekend was going to go ahead and including the Merseyside derbies between Liverpool and Everton at Goodison Park. And a number of people have said this on Twitter and it, I, I don't mean to say this in a, in a flippant way, but, you know, who knows what would have happened if Mikel Arteta hadn't been diagnosed with coronavirus himself because that was almost kind of like the domino effects, wasn't it? Half, after that, ev- everything fell into place and there was no football for the foreseeable. But yeah, you do wonder, Matt, don't you? If, if, if that hadn't been 
being released, you know, we we could have played even more games in this country. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it it was very much you know before Mikel Arteta, even ten minutes before that had been announced, it, it looked like Premier League matches that weekend were going to go ahead. I mean, it, it's not just football as well. I mean, we've seen the Cheltenham Festival went ahead, and and you know, however many hundred thousand or so people were all in a confined space at, at that event. So. Yeah, I think this is, you know, not the only thing that maybe could be questioned in terms of huge volumes of people being in one place. But I think the fact that, you know, it was fans who'd flown over from Madrid, a place where at the time, you know, Madrid had serious concerns. And we saw in last week's news that, you know, several, you know, at least a thousand Madrid fans chose not to travel over to Liverpool and, and the club eventually gave them the, the money back for those tickets because they made that choice that it wasn't the right thing and it wasn't the safe thing to do. So, you know, for, for me personally, I don't think that should have been a decision that was left up to the individual. I think that should have been something that was taken out of their hands. And, you know, maybe it's easy in hindsight to, to point these things out and say that there was a mistake made there. But I think, you know, whoever it was ultimately responsible for, for allowing these things to take place has to accept really that you know the the hypothesis is there and you know that there is in all likelihood a link between those Madrid fans coming over and and the number of deaths that we've seen on Merseyside sadly agree again it's now widely accepted that even when football returns however matches are unlikely to be played in front of supporters for the many months to come and it's a subject former Liverpool striker John Aldridge speaks at length about in his column in today's Liverpool Echo. It's a really good read. Just give us some of the highlights, Matt. Yeah, really interesting from, from Aldo as always. And yeah, he's he sort of says that the fact that the Premier League almost certainly is going to be played now behind closed doors for the rest of this season and, and maybe even into the start of next season as well. He says that that could give Liverpool a bit more drive and perhaps that the fact that there's going to be no fans there when Jordan Henderson lifts this Premier League trophy could be a good thing long-term for Liverpool. He points out that the fact that there's going to be no spectators in stadiums is a better sort of solution than the league just being completely null and voided, which you know, I think every Liverpool fan and, and probably most fans up and down the country would agree with that. I think you know, it's fairly clear that the the best priority now is, is to just get this season done whether there's fans there or not and, you know he says that the fact that there will be no fans could push Liverpool to sort of go on and, and win it properly if you like next year as well so yeah giving Liverpool a, a bit of a motivation to, to go again next season I'm sure you know, the players will say that they didn't need any they would have done exactly that anyway but we have seen you know, plenty of times in the past that it's really incredibly difficult to, to retain a Premier League title. To go and win it back to back is a very, very difficult task. But, you know, I am sort of in agreement with Aldo that, you know, Liverpool's players will still have fresh memories of, of the Champions League from last season when they won that and the sort of reaction that that had. I think you know, plenty of them would have heard about what the parade would be like and, and what the reaction would be inside the stadium and things like that. But for them to have actually experienced that, I'm sure they're absolutely desperate to, to have that again. And if they are denied by the coronavirus in, in terms of having that again with the Premier League this season, then you know perhaps next season they'll go all out and, and, and try and win it again, which I'm sure they would have done anyway. But yeah, as Aldo says, it, it might just give them that extra 
couple of percentage points of of motivation, and and who knows what will happen next year. I think let's just uh, try and get this season out of the way first, and then see where we are from there. Transfers were a big talking point in yesterday's Blood Red podcast, if you've not had a chance to listen to that yet. After Liverpool's former director of football, Damien Camoli, suggested only a handful of Premier League clubs will be able to spend money this summer, given the impacts of the coronavirus crisis. You know, given the state of the club's finances, you would assume Liverpool could be one of those clubs. And one player who continues to be linked with a move to Anfield is RB Leipzig striker Timo Werner, someone you spoke about at length on podcasts we've done recently, Matt, and, and wrote about at length as well. And there has been a bit of an update coming out of Germany from yesterday. Yeah, Bill's head of football, Christian Falk, who, uh, generally speaking, I think is a fairly reliable source, says that you know, Inter Milan had, had come in for, for Timo Werner. Potentially, that was the sort of speculation. But um, you know, it's sort of as a replacement for, for Lautaro Martinez, who's expected to, to move to Barcelona this summer. But yeah, he he says that the Timo Werner won't be going to, to Inter Milan, which which leaves Liverpool as, as big favourites for the German. Which I think you know most fans and and sort of journalists as well have, have probably sort of felt that the Liverpool were the big favourites. But that is sort of a bit more of a confirmation and a bit more of a, you know, a sort of realisation really from Liverpool, I think, that you know other big clubs and Inter Milan, no doubt about that, are, are potentially interested in Timo Werner. But I think it's it's been made clear up to now that, that Timo Werner's preferred destination is Liverpool. I think you know, the, the more and more we hear from, from various different sources that you know, Werner not just is interested in Liverpool, but Liverpool very much have an interest in him. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, we've seen so many stories and sometimes there's there's no smoke without fire. I think it certainly makes sense that, that Liverpool would be interested in Timo Werner. It certainly seems to be the case that he would be interested in a move to Liverpool, which, you know, given the situation that, that the Reds are in at the moment, that is absolutely no surprise at all. So, yeah, uh, another interesting update on Timo Werner, and that wasn't the uh, the only update as well that, that Christian Falke has come up come up with recently. He says that Bayern Munich won't be going after Felipe Coutinho, not because of the transfer fee, but more of an issue is the 10 million euros a year wages that he has, which if it's a problem for Bayern Munich in terms of the wages, I think it will be a problem for for most other clubs as well. Um, so, yeah, it's looking more and more likely that not only will Timo Werner be a Liverpool player next year, but Felipe Coutinho will be back in the Premier League as well. And just a final line from that Bills report as well is that uh, rather than going after Timo Werner, Mario Goetze could be an interesting option for Inter Milan, who also won't be going after Felipe Coutinho because of his, his wages. So, yeah, Liverpool, of course, linked last week or maybe within the last two weeks with, with a move for free agent Mario Goetze who obviously hasn't got work with it at Borussia Dortmund and yeah I'd be surprised if, if Goetze ended up at Liverpool it seems like you know Inter Milan does seem to make sense and Christian Falk says there is interest there from the Italian club in him so I'd be surprised if, if Liverpool ended up with Mario Goetze but I don't really see any reason why Timo Werner couldn't be a Liverpool this summer Interesting. So no Coutinho, no Goethe, but perhaps Timo Werner, I think, in that piece as well. He says they're already meeting scheduled with Jurgen Klopp. It's no doubt 
as Jürgen said himself in recent weeks with his communication via the club's official website that football is secondary to everything that's going on at the moment but as I say no doubt in the background people like Jürgen and Michael Edwards will be planning for football's return in next season but uh, it's a case of watch this space at the moment just a final story before we finish Matt it's a story that you'll likely be reading today it's came overnight and it regards comments Paul Scholes Scholes I should say has made about Paul Pogba of Manchester United his former club and Steven Gerrard the Liverpool legend Matt what Scholes been saying and what do you make of the comments yes uh, some more interesting comments from Paul Scholes not the first time of course but uh, yeah you can uh, can read the, the story on the Liverpool Echo website this morning where Paul Scholes essentially says that Paul Pogba reminds him of Steven Gerrard and to be honest, when you first read it and you read that you know there's, there's been a comparison made between Gerard and, and Pogba, you you sort of look at it and think that's slightly strange and slightly controversial. But I can sort of, to an extent, see what Paul Scholes means. I certainly don't think Paul Pogba is anywhere near as good a footballer, um, you know, as Stephen Gerrard was. But you know, in the sense of his style of play, the fact that you know Paul Pogba is a rounded midfielder, he's all action, he's, he's box to box when he's at his absolute best. But to be fair, I don't think we've seen Paul Pogba's absolute best since he's come back to Manchester United. I think you know, he's he's been a shadow of the player for whatever reason, you know, it, it just hasn't quite happened compared to the player that he was at Juventus and the player that they spent so much money on. So I think natural ability wise perhaps Paul Pogba could you know, at his very peak, get get close to to what Steven Gerrard was, but you know, the the signs are simply not there at this moment in time to make a comparison in terms of the the standard or the ability that you know Paul Pogba is at is is nowhere near what Steven Gerrard was. And to be fair to Paul Scholes, I think he he does mean that. I, I don't think his his comments are, are completely sort of suggesting that Paul Pogba is is anywhere close to Steven Gerrard. I think what Paul Scholes is is saying is more a praise for, for the player that Steven Gerrard is and, and he essentially says that if Paul Pogba can, you know, work hard and, and find some form and some consistency, which as I say, he hasn't managed to do so far in his second stint at Old Trafford. But, you know, if he can do that then there is a, a similar ish sort of player to Steven Gerrard, which I think broadly speaking is, you know, possibly pretty fair, but, you know, to to sort of use Steven Gerrard's name when, when describing Paul Pogba, I think we'll, we'll certainly raise a few eyebrows, particularly from Liverpool fans. Certainly will. Thanks as always, Matt. But before we go, did you know that it's exactly seven years ago today since Luis Suarez landed himself in very hot water after biting Branislav Ivanovic before scoring a late equaliser in Liverpool's 2-2 home draw with Chelsea? And equally as dramatic, but for different reasons, on this day in 2009, Liverpool drew 4-4 with Arsenal in one of the great Premier League games featuring one of the great individual performances from Andre Arshavin. Uh, we'll be speaking more about that match and the 2008-2009 season in our next Liverpool Classics podcast which all being well will be with you later this afternoon but Matt thanks very much for joining me mate and bye for now you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo